Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and for all my non-binary listeners, welcome to episode one of the FCO podcast. It's Friday the 24th of March 2023, and it's been one too many years in the making, but we are finally here. Bit of background about myself, when I'm not recording this podcast, I'm off coaching and managing within football. I have loved football ever since I can remember. You're probably wondering why I'm here recording a podcast from the comfort of my office, but to keep it short. I could talk and debate football for hours, so why not share my thoughts, feelings and opinions with you, my family, friends and fellow football fans. In today's episode, we will be talking about checkbook managers and later we will have a special guest, a family member of mine, Delcio Castle. But on to the show. What is the definition of a checkbook manager? Is it a manager who spends loads of money on players, i.e. your Pep Guardiola's? Is it a manager who constantly buys players, i.e. pretty much every Chelsea manager? Let's head on over to Man City. They've spent a whopping £150 million so far this year, and £60 million went just on Haaland, who's turning out to have a fantastic season. What a bargain he was. At €49 million, Euros, they've managed to purchase Calvin Phillips, who hasn't had the best of starts, but looks like a player for the long term. Let's not look at just their outgoings. Let's look at their incoming. So far, they've managed to bring in €162 million, Euros, with €56 million Euros coming in from Sterling, who went over to Chelsea, and €52 million from Arsenal, just for Jesus, and he's had a fantastic season over there. Over at their city rivals, Manchester United, so far this year, they've managed to spend €243 million, Euros, and €95 million went just on Anthony, who everyone seems to be nicknaming the most expensive fidget spinner. They've managed to bring in a fantastic experienced midfielder in Casemiro at €70 million, and purchased Martinez for £57 million, and they said he was too short for the Premier League. But let's look at their incomings. They've managed to only bring in £13 million, which is a massive difference between what they've managed to spend. £9.5 million came from just Pereira. But let's not forget, they let Ronaldo go on a free, who they spent £17 million in the 2021-2022 season. But let's look back at checkbook managers. For me, a checkbook manager has to know how to build a team. And Pep is a mastermind at building a team. Say what you want, but between 2016 to 2023, he's managed to change the way his team looks and plays. Who he felt was not good enough for his style of play, so he brought in an experienced Edison who was good with his feet. He replaced Delph with a younger Rodri. And let's not forget, Fernandinho, who left the club after last summer, was replaced by Calvin Phillips, who looks like to be one for the future. The reason why I say one for the future is if you look at just their wingers, the likes of Mares, Sterling, Bernardo and Foden all had to build their time underneath Pep to figure out where they fit best and the style of play they really wanted to get out of them. But let's look over what he'd done. He took over from Manuel Pellegrini after the 2015-16 season and in that squad he had a 31-year-old Zabaleta who couldn't keep up with the game and a 34-year-old Willy Caballero who as much as he's done very well over at Chelsea just wasn't fit for what Pep wanted. For me, a checkbook manager has to know what they're doing. Otherwise, it's just Chelsea all over again. Let's look at Real Madrid over in La Liga. They've managed to spend a total of £80 just this year, which is a massive difference from the 2019-20 season where they spent €355 million and £115 was spent just on Hazard, and he's not been doing too good lately. Over in Serie A, Juventus have managed to spend £106 million and they've not had the best of seasons. But over in the Portuguese league, Benfica have managed to spend €114 million, Euros, 
which is more than double what their rivals Sporting have spent at 53 and what Porto have spent at 50 million euros. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. Let's get Delcy Cross on the line so we can discuss exactly how Arsenal's season is going so far. Right, so we've got Delcy on the line. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you support and what you do for a living. Hi guys, my name is Delcy Coso. I'm an Arsenal fan, I'm a gooner. Um, been in London for quite a long time, 25 years I think, and since then I've been an Arsenal fan and I love it. Right, well, you mentioned you're an Arsenal fan, you must be enjoying the season. What can I say? From the disappointments since last time we won the league till now, Arsenal's been one of the teams I've always played such... It, they've been kind of Barcelona team of England. We've always played beautiful football. Um, not until our, like Guardiola came with Man City. They've been brilliant. Guardiola brought that kind of play of football where it was, you know, pass, 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 keep possession, counter-attack, score goals. Arsenal's always done that. We've always been very unlucky, I think, um, that we haven't had the best strikers since we won the league. We've sold our best players. Um, can't believe we saw Thierry Henry after we won that league. We saw Thierry Henry, Fabregas, um, sorry, not Fabregas, um, Pires. Um, I think right now our football, the way Arteta is looking after the team, the way he wants football to be played, is the Arsenal of back in the days. Like, we are doing good. I think this season we're doing a lot better. We started well last season. This season, we're doing a lot better. I think everything is brought into the game. From last season, it's proven this season how good we are. We are first. Doesn't mean we're going to finish first. It's still a questionable thing because, sorry, the, my French, but we messed up last season. So, you know, let's see what happens at the end of the season. we still got a few games to play. But, yeah, it's, um, I still believe in Arsenal. We're playing a lot better football. We... We've got a better win ratio than we did last season. Um, not that we played bad last season, but this season we've done quite well. Well, this season we're doing quite well. So it's a good Arsenal team at the moment. Well, you mentioned you're doing quite well. You mentioned even last season. I mean, if we compare what you guys were like at this point, so far you've played 28 games, you've won 22 of them, and you've scored a whopping 66 goals. I mean, you're sitting in first, like you mentioned, with 69 points. And last year, at this exact point, you guys had only won 16 games. I mean, you conceded 10 more goals than you conceded so far. And you were sitting in fifth with 51 points. Well, so you're 18 points better off than you were last year. What does that say to you about Arteta? He's a brilliant coach. Let me tell you something. I think last season, a lot of Arsenal fans, the diehard Arsenal fans, and I'm not going to say I'm a, I'm a, I love Arsenal, but at the same time, I'm a sportsman and I love watching football. And this season, we our win ratio is 60%. Last season was 42%. So the fact that we've been a lot better this season just proves that what Arteta, when he came to into being the coach of Arsenal, he, he had a vision. And his vision was to get Arsenal to what they were back in the days. And I think right now, he just shows that when he started last season, what he, he, what he was bringing in was get a team sourced, get my own team going. Because you got to remember, he, like, he took a team that wasn't his team. So, and even with that, we've got ourselves into trying to finish fourth. And fair enough, we didn't. 
we've messed up, but you saw the mistakes that we did. And this season, we're first. We've been first for a long, long time. Like I said, it's like our winning rate ratio is 60% compared to last season, which was 42%. So we we are, I think right now we are up there. And what I can say about this season is he's doing well. He's picked the right players, he's picked the team, he's picked all the um all the areas that we needed improvements. He's picked them. He got rid of some players last season that won the best. I would say they were good, but they were not Arsenal players. They won, they won, they were not playing for the club. They were playing for money, I think. So for me, what he's done this season, it's been absolutely it's, it's been amazing. It's been He's been a good coach. He's put his vision out there. And he's the man. I think he's the man to do the job. And comparing to a lot of Arsenal fans, a lot of my friends as well, Arsenal fans from last season, they wanted him gone. But you cannot build a team unless you have a, a coach there that's going to put his vision in and say, look, it's going to take me two, three years to build a good team. And it's taken me, what, two years? To build a team where we, we're not bottom four to six anymore. We are top four again, like we used to be. To the next part of our show, in this segment, it's called Hit or Miss, where I ask you, the fan, and in this case, an Arsenal fan, whether the players you sold this year would have been a hit in the squad or whether they're not going to be missed. So I'm going to mention some of the guys that have left the club. You're going to tell me whether they would have been a hit or a miss. So beginning with Gwenduzi, would he have been a hit this year or we're not going to miss him? Not going to miss him. Thank God we sold him. That's all I've got to say. He was okay. good, yeah. but he, he, his mentality, he was still a young dude. But the fact that you cannot disrespect your coach, you cannot argue with your coach, you cannot... You've you've got to be there hundred percent. Like there's no chance. Yeah, I don't miss him at all. Not at all. Lucas Torreira, not the right player for Arsenal. I think. I think he just he just the I think the way Arsenal plays. I yeah, I just don't think he was the right man to be there. He's a good player, but not the right person to be in Arsenal. Looking good in goal, but hit or miss, Bert Leno. I think he was there way too long. He got. He got accustomed, I think. I think he was just, um, I think he was time to get a young, I think he was time to get Ramsdale in there. And he proved himself. He proved himself that he's our number one goalkeeper now. And he's been doing good. He's been awesome. Couldn't wish for a better goalkeeper, to be honest. Oh, Lacazette. Um, yeah, Lacazette was weird. He was a weird player. I think when he played with Obama Young, they were a good team. They, both of them together were awesome. But then, if Obama Young wasn't playing and, like I said, was there, he wouldn't do anything. And he was vice versa. He was like, if Obama Young was there and, like I said, wasn't, or if, like I said, wasn't, and one of them was missing, he just wasn't, he wasn't a good partner. It was a good partnership, but if one was missing, the other one wouldn't show up. Please hit or miss Bellerin. Oh man, Bellerin. I love that player. Bellerin, to be honest, I think he was at Arsenal for way too long and I think he got pissed off that we weren't winning things and that he's a winner. I think with Bellerin, he was a winner. And I think I wish he'd stayed because I think he would have, I think he gave up 
when all these new players started coming in, but I think he was there for way too long. He, he, got, he went there when he was young and he was awesome. But I think when the competition came on, he, I don't think he was uh, up for it. I don't think he was uh, yeah, I just didn't feel like he was um, the right player to be on the team. That's my opinion about Bellerin. Miss on that one then. Right, perfect. So, you mentioned that Arteta's had a few seasons to build what his, his dream team at the moment. I'm sure there's a few areas that he probably wants to improve, but so far you guys are looking good. But in 2018-19, when he took over from Unai Emery, you guys were playing a 4-2-3-1, sort of 4-3-3 formation. And your starting lineup quite... So controversial there, but you had Czech, Monreal, Socrates, Mustafi, Bellerin, Shaka, Ramsey, Ozil, Aubameyang, Mkhitaryan, and Lacazette in your starting eleven. But if you look at it now, you're still playing that 4-3-3, but you've got Ramsdale, Zinchenko, Gabriel Saliba, Ben White, Thomas Partey, Shaka, who's your captain now, Odegaard, Martelleni, Saka, and Jesus. So if you look at that from when he took over to now, that's 10 changes with Shaka being the only one in the starting eleven that's still there. Well, can I tell you something? If you look at that team that he took over, to the team he's got now, that's his team. He took over a team that wasn't his team. They could not adapt to the way he was playing. All those players were awesome. Before he took over, don't get me wrong, they were absolutely awesome. But I don't think, even though they were established players, a lot of them, I don't think they had the mentality to move forward. To, to be the awesome that we are today at the moment. And I think with this season and the play that he's actually brought this season and he brought in this season, even on the January transfer transfer market, I, I remember having a few fans, like even Tottenham fans saying, when he got um, trusted this season and everyone was going, why is he buying him? Like, look how much he's done on the half of the season. Like, you got to have the players, I think, whatever, it doesn't matter what team you have, it's the, it's the team that you need to have to play the football that your coach wants you to play. And I think we've been playing better football. We've been, we've been having more possession. Also, was awesome. But then, again, also, as soon as we saw Sanchez, like, also, he, where was Ozil? Nowhere to be seen. So, at the moment, we've got a team where everyone is playing together as a team. And I think the team we had before... It was individual team, individual guys where they wanted, they they were aiming for something, maybe to try to prove something for themselves. But I I rate the team we've got now, person, a lot better than we did anyway a few seasons ago, only because of the coach. The coach has been doing that, and I think the coach has put that that mentality on the boys. Be like, we are Arsenal, and you got to remember. He's been an Arsenal player, so he knows the mentality of what Arsenal is. And the fact that he's got the board behind him, the owners behind him, and saying, Do you know what, build your team. Because you've got to remember, so he's, he hasn't been, he's been an assistant coach until he got the Arsenal job. And I know a lot of Arsenal fans were spectacle and thinking, oh, is he the right man? When that happened, I was the person to say, Do you know what, he's been an Arsenal player. He knows exactly the philosophy of Arsenal Wenger. He knows what he needs to do. Like he knows the football we used to play before when Arsenal thing was there. We, you know, we even though we didn't win a league, like we didn't win the, the, the Premiership for a while. At least with Arsenal Wenger, we were still playing for Champions League football, and we were top four team. We could have won it, but we didn't for a few years. And maybe this this is probably the first year that I think a lot of Arsenal fans um, are happy 
but I think myself as well, I'm very spectacle. We can still lose it. But you know what? I'm happy that we've got a better team that even if we lose and maybe come second, I know next season we're going to be challenging for for that title again. Because I know the players, like compared to last season, a lot of the players, when we miss fourth place and miss Champions League, I know a lot of fans, including myself, I was just, I was, I was crazy. I was like, how do we do that? And towards the end of like half of the season, that's when we just lost it. We just completely lost it. I don't think we believed ourselves. We were losing games. We were one nil down, two nil down. We couldn't catch up with all these guys. And now we're one nil down. And I'm not going to lie, as an Arsenal fan, when we're one nil down, two nil down, I've stopped watching the football game and I've just gone, we're going back to the old days. And then we've come back and we've won the game. All the old players, forget about them. We got the right players now that got the right mentality to win the game. When it's the last minute, we are fighting to have that going. Was an assistant. He was an assistant to Pep, uh, as we all, all were aware. Uh, but on today's episode, we're talking about checkbook managers, and Pep seems to be one that always gets brought up. You know, he's a manager who apparently splashes a lot of cash. You know, the definition of a checkbook manager. But when you look at Arteta, who was his assistant, and look at what he spent this year, technically it's Arsenal spending, but they've spent a total of 192 million, and their top three signings were a 52 million euro Jesus. Zinchenko for 35 million and Vieira from Porto for 35 million. Does that screen checkbook manager to you? Nah, not at all. I feel we, every single player that we bought, we were quite smart because we we done our summer transfers. We bought what, maybe six players, I think, before the transfer, summer transfer, or maybe less. And then some uh, um, winter transfer in January, we bought another three or four players. I think he's. he's he was very smart when he bought the players. He done the, he done them early. He knew exactly what he wanted, and he knew exactly what to get. And I don't think even in January, it, there might have been one or two players that were, you know, a quick buy. Let's just get the um, you know, a few of the players might get injured, like Jesus got injured. But you know, let's just get one of these two players. But I think he's he's very smart on the players that he wants. And I think he thinks about them. I think he thinks about what he needs for the team and the players that will play that the kind of football that he needs. He could be probably the worst player. He could be a second division player, I think. And our guys will pick that player and make him, he will make him a world star player, I think. Just the way he plays the football and the way he wants the team to be played and the positions where we're lacking, he knows to pick the right player to help everyone else and not play as an individual and play as a team, I think. And this is where we're winning. I think every single player now, you can you can make any changes you need, but he always picks the right player for a substitute, whether we're winning or losing. And he gets those players the chance to prove themselves and just move on um, with the game of the show um, this is where I put you to the test I see what your football knowledge of your club is like so Delsu you are the first team manager of Arsenal what is your formation and your starting 11 oh I really don't know how to answer that to be honest because I think right now all our players I will keep my original starting 11 for um for Arsenal I think you know, I'll keep the um, Saliba, Tamiasi, White, 
Ramsdale, um, Saliba, Gabriel, Jusenko, Saka, Parse, Odegaard, Saka, Marcelini, Jesus as well. I'll keep all those players as my starting eleven. But right now, to be honest, if that's the ones I'll pick. But at the same time, with the Arsenal team that we have now, anyone can make a difference. And like I'm, I'm going to put myself back there again and I'll say everyone is playing as a team. So I reckon I could change one or two players as a starting eleven, but I think they'll do the job and they'll work as a team. And it's, it's like if I was the coach, I'd probably be Artes again, just changing up the team like he has all the season. It's the season 2023-24. Who would you sell, keep, and who would you buy in the transfer window this summer? To be honest, that's a hard question. I know we need to buy new players, um, but with the market, the way the if market you could, is If you right could now, buy anyone, if you could bring, what, even if it's one or two players from any other team, you've got infinite funds, who are you bringing in? Let's bring Messi in. I'm a Messi fan. I'm not even going to lie. I'm a Messi fan. I'd love to see Messi playing for Arsenal. Ain't going to happen. Um, let's bring Messi. Bagpe, like, I think Bagpe is all, like, I don't think he's an Arsenal like, I don't think he would, I think he would be good, but he's a two of a greedy player, I think, for us. I don't think he would be what, what we need at the moment. We don't need that world-class player. We don't think, we, we don't need that. So we need players that are coming up, players that can bring up the league, that bring, make Arsenal better, really. And they can prove themselves and become world-class players like we did back in the days. Um, so in terms of that question, I don't know. I think we've got a good team. Yes, we do need to buy new players. Um, but again, it's like I'm not a coach. So I'm not going to say let's bring this player because I don't have the expertise to, to say let's bring this player in or let's get rid of that person. That's why we got Arteta. He's the man. He's the man to bring to, to do that peace team. Yeah. You know, right. anyone you'd like to sell who you think you know just doesn't do it, doesn't cut the arsenal, that just doesn't nothing that fancies your taste. There, you think, oh, do you know, I don't think he's good enough for this squad. Anyone you'd get rid of? Not at the moment. I think we've got a good team. I think, to be honest, I think what we've got now is a winning team. We got players that are fighting. We got players that, in a way, they are, even if they're bench players, they're fighting for their position. They don't want to leave because they know the project that we've going, that we have going on in us. So all these small little players are on the bench and they come as substitutes. They want to be there because they want to. I think they want to prove themselves. So I don't think I'll sell anyone because every single substitute so far this season, I don't think there's one or two that can say, "Yeah, they're oh, they crap." Um, but I think everyone at Arsenal now they're playing for their position and they're playing to be a winning team. So they're proving themselves and they want to prove if, that they want to prove themselves to be a better team, better football players. One, it benefits Arsenal Football Club and it benefits as well th them being individuals. Moving, you know, trying to get into other teams, they might be a bench player, but if they can prove themselves after becoming the substitutes, they can get themselves into other teams, play football 24-7. Like they want to. So I think at the moment, I've, I do believe I wouldn't sell any players. Um, I'll keep the team I have. Um, reality is, some players will be sold because we want to bring better players. But then, how much competition can you give? Because you're always going to upset 
one player or another. So if you bring better players, more experienced players, they might sit on the bench because they're not playing that well and they're not as good as they would be playing for other teams. So I would keep the team I have. Yes, I'm brief, but like I said, I'm not a coach. I don't, I'm just a fan. Um, Artet is the coach. They've got, they know what they're doing. He knows what he's doing. So I think he's the man for the job at the moment. Thank you so much for calling in and, you know, having your opinion and answering all the questions. I'm sure I've thrown you a few curveballs there, but, you know, as an Arsenal fan for you, you get to enjoy the season top of the table and uh, interesting game this weekend as well. Well, let's see what happens this weekend. It's been a break, um, international break. So yeah, let's see. Let's see if we can back. Let's see if we can get back to our winning ways. And um, I believe we will. I don't think we're going to slip up. And if we do, do you know what? As an Arsenal fan, um, I'm happy of the season that we did this season. Like this season has been a good season for us. And um, yeah, what can I say? It's the uh, we, uh, I want to say, at least right now, I want to say we're going to win the league. Hopefully it's glory. Um, but that's everything. Thank you, as always. Come on, goodness. We got this. Let's head on over to the results, fixtures and rumours part of the show. Now, throughout the week, I'll catch a few of the games as much as possible. And this week, I managed to catch the Portugal win against Liechtenstein. Apologies if I got the country's name wrong or pronounced wrong. Uh, and we managed to beat them 4-0 with a goal from Cancelo, Bernardo Silva and two goals from Cristiano Ronaldo. Now, Cancelo had a point to prove given his recent run of form with Bayern Munich that hasn't been great and the rumours that he came out and said that, well, it was spilled out that he wasn't happy with the game time he was getting and let's not forget he did recently in January just move over to Bayern Munich given that he fell out with Pep Guardiola at Manchester City who, you know... They've had their shaky moments, but Cancelo was probably one of their best players uh, alongside at that right back with Walker. Cancelo had a point to prove, like I said, and he came in there and proved that exact point, that he still has the abilities that, you know, pretty much everyone knew he had while playing in the Premier League. Now, he came in, scored the first goal, which was a header from out the corner and, you know, nice, powerful rocket shot, which deflected in. Uh, my opinion is the keeper probably should have done better there, but it happens, you know, goalkeepers make errors. He then uh, managed to cross the ball in for Bernardo Silva's goal, although that did take another deflection and ended up in the path of Bernardo Silva. But his ability to cross that ball in created that opportunity. He also conceded the, well, didn't concede the penalty. He won the penalty for Ronaldo's first goal. And then Ronaldo came out there with his next one afterwards. Now, CR7 with those two goals clearly shown that he still has it. A lot of people, when he had moved to the Saudi Arabian League, had said that he would lose the form, he wouldn't be selected for international fixtures. But Roberto Martinez came out with a point to prove, which was Ronaldo's age means absolutely nothing. Ronaldo's ability as captain and as a player pretty much brings a lot to what the team is. Now, looking over at the fixtures section, next weekend we have some fantastic games coming up. With Friday the 31st, we've got Burnley in first place, taking on Sunderland in 11th. Now, you're probably wondering why I'm picking this game out. Although that they are 10 places away from each other, Burnley are looking to cement first place. But Sunderland are only 7 points off of playoffs, and there are still plenty of games to go. We're only in March, pretty much entering April, so plenty to play for within the playoff places. Manchester City will also take on Liverpool on Saturday, and City will look to close the gap to 5 with Arsenal top of the table. Liverpool 
win, if Liverpool win, they will close the gap to Tottenham down to four. And another game being played on Saturday, the 1st of April, will be Bayern versus Dortmund. Now, Bayern in second place and Dortmund, who are currently sitting in first, only have a one-point separation. So both teams will be looking to cement that place. But Dortmund obviously need a win to push away from Bayern, and Bayern need that win to prove that they still are the power horse of Germany. Now, for those interested and are based in and around London looking for a non-league competitive fixture, Real Homesdale, who is a team I'm currently first-team manager of, uh, are sitting currently in 8th and will be taking on Dorking Cobblers currently sitting in 10th. Now, this is an opportunity for the squad to go back-to-back home wins for what would be the third time this season, but Dorking, who are currently in form with two wins in five, will be looking to close the gap. Uh, it's a great uh, little place hidden off the side um, in the back of Croydon. Um, and I'd recommend heading down if you would love a game full of fun, banter and plenty of competitiveness in a league with a lot to prove. A big thank you to today's sponsor, Skullcross Clothing, who have been kind enough to send me over one of their Juliet hoodies to wear for today's episode. Head on over to their website, www.skullcrossclothing.com and use EP1 for 25% off your shopping basket. That's us all done for today. Thank you for tuning in and hope you enjoyed the episode. Tune into episode two where we'll be discussing valuation versus expenditure. Take care.